Oleg Banak, sir, thank you for coming on today. Super happy to have you on. We've had multiple people come up to me actually personally. I'm sorry, I'm trying to catch my breath. Um, uh, come up to me and say, hey, Ruslan, can you please interview a nurse? I, I'm trying to be a nurse. And I honestly thought the nursing phase has passed us, especially the Slavic community, but it definitely hasn't. Um, kids growing up still want to become nurses. Some of them, from what I know, want to become nurses because they love it. They love helping out. They just love the medical field. They they love the guts and the glory, I guess, if I could say it that way. Um, other people, unfortunately, are telling me they just want to do it for the money, which I'd rather not hire them. And you could speak a little bit on that. But Oleg, you have been a nurse for how long now? Well, first of all, thank you for having me. Okay. I know I've been trying to get on for a little while, but my schedule has been a little bit hectic. So, so, I, so a nursing not schedule, until today. So not, a nursing schedule sucks or what are we saying? No, I mean. Let's talk about the nursing schedule. Okay. So most of the people, they work um, either 12 or yeah. 8 or 12 hour shifts, right? Okay. Um, my schedule is 0.8. So it's 64 hours in two weeks. But just the way my schedule worked out is that I just completed my ninth shift in a row. So oh, man. I am very excited to have this weekend off. So <laughs> finally, I'm able to catch yeah, up yeah, with yeah. you a little bit. So are you coming here from work or did you get some rest? No, I had a couple days off. Oh, so, okay. Okay, good, yeah. good, good. So now I'm off till Tuesday. So yeah, I have a little break coming up. Okay, awesome. Um, So yeah. you've been a nurse. Talk a little bit about about yourself. Um your background and then maybe how long you've been a nurse what unit you work in and sure. we can go into specifics from there so i started off i thought i was going to be a firefighter okay. so that was my first career choice that i went into um i actually went through the metro fire academy and when i graduated i kind of started to look at life a little bit more realistically mm -hmm. i was like what are my chances of getting a job as a firefighter mm -hmm. and um so knowing that some of my classmates, well, now learning that some of my classmates had to wait for over five years just to have a chance for an interview as a firefighter. Wow. I was like, this is not something that, um, that I can it's do. It's not sustainable. It's not because yeah. I need to provide for my family. I need yeah. to support my family. I need to make a living. And so what is another career that I can choose that's also helping people mm -hmm. and, um, that I can go into school, get a degree, and able to get a job. So in 2012, I got into nursing school. Okay. Well, first of all, I was taking my prerequisites, then I got into um, nursing school in Delta College, and mm -hmm. I can talk about that later if you okay. want. Yeah, yeah. So I got into nursing school in 2012. Um, I got hired as a CNA at one of the Sutter facilities. Okay. I'm I'm going to pretend I have no idea. What is a CNA? So CNA is a certified nursing assistant. Okay. So it's not a nurse. It's not a nurse. It's okay. a, it's kind of, you can get a certificate to be a CNA from like ROP or like a one semester of college classes and stuff so like that. So that's more of a, like a certificate than a, rather than a degree or a license. Yeah. It's not okay. a license. It's a certificate. So okay. certified nursing assistant. Okay. So pretty much you're working with a nurse and you're helping with, everything they need help with, um, except medications, except assessments. You don't communicate to the doctor specifically. So you're pretty much taking direction from the nurse. Okay. So certified nursing assistant. 
So one of the ways I know that getting into the hospital was at that moment was pretty difficult. Mm -hmm. So getting in as a CNA was my pathway to get into a hospital system. I know some people start off in a nursing home. Some Mm -hmm. people started off doing different ROP and different uh, maybe technical classes. What, What is ROP? ROP is something that you can take when you're still in high school. Okay. It's kind of like a program that it is sponsored by high school. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That way you can get some on-the-job training. Awesome. Um, That's cool. It's it's more of an exposure mm-hmm. and just to see and figure it out if this is something that you want to do for a living or not. Okay. And so... And if you don't have ROP in high school, this is the podcast that we've been talking about. I'm just going to put that out there. Yeah. So in 2012, I got hired on as a certified nursing assistant, mm-hmm. and that's when I started my nursing school. Okay. So that was kind of my way my way into the hospital system. So I worked as a CNA for two years, mm-hmm. finished my nursing school. In, in the hospital? In the hospital, okay. yeah. What hospital did you? It was Sutter Auburn Faith. Okay. Yeah, it was a little hospital, and that's where I got my most of it. That's a- crazy because I honestly, I don't really hear of cnas that often anymore i mean did they stop hiring them is there is there no more no need for cnas anymore no there is there yeah is. um i think a lot of hospitals they kind of go away with it i mm-hmm. think kaiser they don't have cnas they have more of a text okay and i believe uc davis they're also kind of phasing out a little bit of that and so they also have text okay. sutter they still hire cnas so that's still pretty active and i know cnas uh they're really active in a skilled nursing facilities mm-hmm. Okay. So they have them over there. Okay. And so when I finished nurse school, I got hired on on telemetry unit, mm-hmm. which is kind of like cardiac unit where okay. people have heart conditions and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I got hired on in 2014. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, and Sada Faith is a great hospital. It's just very little hospital. So I didn't really get a lot of exposure to different procedures, different. Um, there wasn't much room to grow. So that's when I transferred over to uh, Sutter, uh, Sutter Roseville. Okay. And since 2014, I've been at Sutter Roseville ever since. And I know Sutter Roseville is more specific with like cardiac? Or... Uh, not just cardiac. What, okay. What unit do you work in? So I that? work in MedSearch. Um, it's called MedSearch? MedSearch. Okay. It's a medical unit. Okay. Um, it's kind of like a MedSearch. It's like a medical slash surgical. Mm-hmm. So we are a sister unit with the surgical department. So we deal with a lot of pre-op, like a lot of patients going to surgery before they go into surgery, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and a lot of patients who are coming from surgery. So it's a pre-procedural and kind of like post-procedural. We also deal with... So so the the people there are always like drugged up. Is is that correct? They can be when they come in out of (laughs) surgery because they're still under the anesthesia effect. So yeah. Okay. So yeah, med surge is also so it's a lot of surgical, mm-hmm. um, hips, knees, abdominal surgeries. Okay. Nothing really that complicated like a heart, open heart, and stuff like that. Okay, gotcha. So that's more of a, like ICU and critical care. But we also deal with a lot of um, a lot of infections, a lot of people who have minor heart issues, mm-hmm. a lot of people who have uh, respiratory problems, a lot of people who have um, blood sugar diabetics a lot of people have different wounds okay. so med search is kind of like a unit that you're exposed to like everything mm-hmm. but a little bit of everything okay uh, so that's the beauty of working for that unit so do you, you said you started with telemetry and we actually had an had a nurse on that now works in telemetry so if, 
whoever's listening or watching, if you guys are interested, you could watch the episode with Lily. Um, but how, how, how do you like, can you compare telemetry to your, to med search now? What do you like better about what you do now? And, um, a second question would be, say I'm a brand new nurse. Do I have the choice of, okay, I want to work in this unit or I want to work in this unit or because you're a newbie, you kind of just take what you get. It's kind of both. Okay. Um, to answer your first question, telemetry unit is more specific for the people who needs their heart monitored okay. like all the time. Mm-hmm. So they have something called leads. Um, mm-hmm. So that's, you know, something when you see on the computer, mm-hmm. it shows the EKG, it shows the waves to mm-hmm. see how the heart is doing. Mm-hmm. So those are the people who have potential of going more south health wise. Okay. So it just helps us to keep closer eye to see how they're doing pretty much with their heart. Um our unit, they're not monitored, so it's pretty much a little bit less risk patients. Okay. Um, sometimes when a doctor feels like the patient needs to have specific drips, special maybe heart medication drips that have to be very, very specific because at any time the heart can react a different way. Mm-hmm. So they need to be on that telemetry unit so we can watch closer to see how they're doing. Okay. So then med surge, you that med search would be not so specific to the heart or or watching the heart correct when you said leads i'm gonna ask you what the heck is a lead yeah so your heart so let's say you have a heart right yeah, yeah. and so there's different chambers to the yeah. heart yeah so leads are pretty much they're these kind of like a stickers so oh, okay. you have a stickers yeah pretty much a couple of places on, on your body yeah and you have these wires that are attached to it Okay. And usually they're connected to a little box, which it's like a receiver that shows what it reads to see mm-hmm. how your heart is beating, shows your heart rate, shows the rhythm to see how your heart is reacting to anything and it shows it on a screen. Okay. So the nurse is able to look at the screen later on mm-hmm. and to see and be able to interpret to see if your heart is in any distress or the heart is beating well and pretty much just to monitor what the condition is. Okay. Okay. Um, so we, we just learned a little bit about kind of what you do in your unit. Um, I, it's, I guess that's pretty cool cause you're kind of exposed to a variety of different things. So you're, you, I guess you gain very good knowledge and experience. What, what is your day? What is your typical day look like? You come in, what, what, I mean, how does it start, start to end a little bit? Yeah. So I work night shift. Okay. So I have, yeah, you, yeah, I mean, <laughs> well, I like it. I chose actually. Really? Um, when I was going to Sac State for my bachelor's, mm-hmm. and I'm pretty sure we're going to get to that later, mm-hmm. but I kind of had no choice because okay. I was working my full time on nights. And mm-hmm. then as soon as my shift ended, I went to Sac State mm-hmm. because I had a class like nine o'clock that morning. Mm-hmm. So working night shift was the only option I had at that at that moment. But I fell in love with it so mm-hmm. much that ever since graduating from Sac State, Hold I up. just stuck You just with said it. you fell in love with working nights? I did. Because see the thing is That's, with nights yeah. is that you don't have a you don't have a physician right on the unit and kind of like to babysit you sort of thing. You don't mm-hmm. have a physician right there that you can just reach out and just ask about anything. Mm-hmm. So you have more of a autonomy. You have more of a kind of like you get to use more of your judgment mm-hmm. to see how well your patient is doing, to see if it's anything critical. You always have an option to call down because we have a ED hospitalist. Mm-hmm. So those are the hospitalists that get patient admitted when patient comes into the hospital. Mm-hmm. So, but we don't always call them about every single little thing. This is where we kind of use our judgment to see if this is something that's urgent mm-hmm. or this is something that can wait until the morning and when the 
day shift hospitalists can address those okay. issues. So this is something that I like. Um, okay. I also like the fact that you don't have a lot of people. You don't have a speech therapy. You don't have a social work. You don't have physical therapy. You don't have all these multidisciplinary people walking Stealing around the time. unit. Exactly. Okay. And you have more opportunity to spend the time with a patient. Maybe you need to educate them about something. Maybe you just got to sit and listen to them, what they got to say, you know, because a lot of times all the patient wants to do is just talk. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, you just ask them a simple question. How was your day? And they just started going all about their life story. Okay. And a lot of times you don't need to do anything. All you got to do is just listen. And so that's what I like about night shift. I mean, night shift is difficult in its own way because yeah. this is where we get a lot of admissions to the hospital as well. Yeah. Because true. a lot of people, apparently they like to come to the hospital when there's evening or nighttime, not daytime. So well, at daytime, you still got lunch and dinner. I mean, yeah. you're not going to skip out, you know. <laughs> Uh, you come in at night, you get your rest. They take care of you. you. You don't. You probably don't even. You know, they. You don't have to take care for yourself, so it's easier. Okay, so you come in at night. I mean, what what does it look like when you're taking over from the other nurse and all that other stuff? So when you walk in, the first thing you do is um, you get a report. Okay. I for the last five years, I always always get to work maybe like 45 to 50 minutes early. That's just my personal thing. I like to come into the floor and just kind of get a feel for the unit to see what the aura is, you know, mm-hmm. what the environment is, to see how many open beds we have, how many admits I'm expecting, just to kind of get a feel for it sort of thing. Prepare yourself. You kind of like prepare yourself mentally. Mm-hmm. Um, so then when it's time to clock in, then you get a report. Uh, you get a report from outgoing nurse. Mm-hmm. Um, so during pretty much with report, the nurse would tell you what's going on with the patient, who the patient is, um, what's going on, what we're doing about it, what is the plan, and if there's anything else that needs to be brought up. Okay. As soon as you get a report for all your patients, mm-hmm. um, in California, we have a f- in a hospital system, it's a five to one ratio. So you get in a acute care facility, you have mm-hmm. five patients for one nurse. Okay. So as soon as you get a report, you prioritize to see out of your five patients who is who needs to be seen first and what needs to happen first Mm -hmm. um so then you go and see your patients right away uh see your most critical patient you got to put your eyes on them make Mm -hmm. sure they're doing okay make sure they're stable Mm -hmm. before you get a chance to see all your other patients so you get a report you go see your patients you assess your patients Mm -hmm. um give them any medications give an antibiotics especially at night there's not many surgeries going on at night so mm-hmm. we do a lot of prep work okay if the patient's going to surgery in the morning we do a lot of prep work in regards to paperwork make sure there's a consent sign consent just pretty much means it's a legal paperwork that says what procedure the patient's going to have and if the patient's okay with it or okay. not um, a lot of times we do preparation like blood transfusions. Um, if the patient needs to have their labs drawn, we make sure that happens. If there's any uh, prep work for any stomach surgery and stuff like that, we make sure that happens. Mm-hmm. So we do a lot of prep work. Okay. Um, so like maybe give the patient certain fluids that they sure. need before or uh, you guys don't do the anesthesia part. That's that's somebody else, correct? That's yeah. Anesthesia is um, it's either CRNA who does it or mm-hmm. um, anesthesiologist, and okay. that happens usually in pre-op. Okay. Gotcha. So we, nurses don't deal with that okay. much okay. unless you are a CRNA, and that's extensive, extensive training for a nurse as well. So that's so what CRNA stands for. Ooh, I think it's certified registered nurse anesthesiologist. Ane- okay. Okay. So, yeah. So it's just a nurse with extra 
things attached to their license. Yeah, I think you have to be a master's degree trained. Okay. And I think you have to have certain amount of hours that you spend in OR as a um, kind of like preceptorship. Okay. okay yeah, yeah, but that's extensive, extensive, extensive okay. training. Yeah, I got to go to. Okay. Um, so that's pretty much for the night shift. You give medications. Um, you always have to monitor the patients, make sure how well they're doing. Uh, if you feel like the patient's not doing well, you have to communicate that to the doctor to mm-hmm. see what we can do about that. Mm-hmm. Um, use a lot of critical thinking to see what you need to call the doctor, what there's something that you need to implement or yourself. Uh, one of the beautiful things about working for the hospital that I work with is that we have something called a rapid response team. Mm-hmm. So if any point we feel like the patient is just about to crash or is not doing well, we can call the rapid response team. And that rapid response team is a combination of respiratory therapist. We have a nursing supervisor. We have an ICU nurse, mm-hmm. one or two ICU nurses. Mm-hmm. And you have that resource as your backup. So are they always on the floor ready to go? or there, There's always that team that's available for the whole hospital. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's that's nice. So you get a break? How, what, what are your breaks like um, as a nurse? I mean, obviously... Nights can be busy. Nights can be not busy. Same with days can be busy. Days sometimes aren't aren't as busy, but usually they probably are more busy than nights. Um, what's your break system like? Just as like I get I get a job. What am I expecting? For eight hour shift, you are um, you get a thirty minute break for mm-hmm. your lunch, and mm-hmm. you get two fifteen minute breaks. Okay. Yeah. So we have a resource nurse that mm-hmm. usually um, just provides the breaks for you. You know, they help out with different things, whatever you whatever you need help with Mm -hmm. um but main responsibility is providing the breaks and while you're on the break if you need antibiotic to be hung or there's something that you want to delegate to them that they can do for you Mm -hmm. um, they're able to do that as well okay so usually 30 minute and 215s that you're given okay any any like specific stories maybe examples that stand out that you would want to share um just just from your experience can't think of any specific no. story okay. i mean i think see the thing is with nursing is that there's no two days are alike okay every single day um even though you might have the same exact patients that none of them went home none of them got discharged mm-hmm. but the situation just changes either the health deteriorates or they get better mm-hmm. or something else changes um no two days things are, are always the same. changing things are always the same and not things Different. are always changing yeah okay. Things are always um, not the same. Okay. So there's not really one story that comes to mind because Mm -hmm. every single day is a unique day and Mm -hmm. every single day brings its own challenges. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. So that's a little bit of the what. Um, I can't see. I'm not really looking to be a nurse, so I can't think of any other specific questions. Let's let's move to the why. why. Why did you decide you wanted to be a nurse is it something and actually this is a a question we got on instagram from one of our uh, followers Uh, she said um i asked the nurses that you interview is this something they knew they wanted to be like what was what what were they doing before they decided to be a nurse like you stated you wanted to be a firefighter you ended up going to nursing um you saying you love your job so maybe i'm guessing maybe some people are thinking like well, I have I haven't been on a medical path my entire life or these previous few years. Do I really love nursing? You know what I'm saying? What would you say to that? I think they should definitely challenge themselves. Nursing is is a career. It's a career that 
if you're looking to be challenged, mm -hmm. if you want to really optimize your mind to like literally 100% potential, because this is a career that it's a lifelong learning. Mm -hmm. I know one the podcast you had before, you had Rachel on. So mm -hmm. she shared some of the things that they do with the medications, how they produce them and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So there's always something new that comes out. Yeah. So especially if you're in medical field, you have to be prepared to always learn. There's always a new medication that comes out. Yeah. You always got to stay on top of it as well. But for me personally, um, going back to your first question, I knew always I was going to be in medical field no matter what. Okay. What, just, how how that happened? I think it kind of, it is personality driven. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of nurses are like type A personality. Mm -hmm. There's like, first of all, they know they are leaders. There are specific people for this kind of job. And um, for me, for a lot of people who know uh, me personally and maybe yeah, my yeah. family, you know, I lost my mom to lung cancer mm. and my aunt also passed away from lung cancer. My grandpa had a colon cancer and he's actually doing really, really well. Oh, wow. So a lot of my family have been affected mm -hmm. by these horrible diseases. Mm -hmm. And so I'm growing up, I was never a stranger to hospital system. So I spent a lot of time in a hospital. Okay. So being able to see what they do mm -hmm. is, um, is touching because, you know, you look at yourself it's like, what other career can I go into where I can help people mm -hmm. potentially be that little piece of a puzzle mm -hmm. to help them make their life better mm -hmm. and actually do that for a living? You awesome. know, when you go to yeah. the hospital, it's like, who's the first person you talk to? You don't talk to the doctor because you see the doctor maybe for a few minutes here and there. Mm -hmm. But most of the time you just see a nurse. Yeah. The nurse is there for eight hours, 12 hours. And for me, the deciding factor was that I want to be part of that puzzle. I want to be, be that piece. Mm -hmm. I mean, of course, when it comes to patient's well-being, it's never one person. It's a, such a multidisciplinary team because mm -hmm. doctors play a crucial role. So they diagnose a problem mm -hmm. and nurses pretty much carry out the orders. Mm -hmm. Then there's physical therapy. There's a speech therapy, especially they're so important, especially for people who have strokes, mm -hmm. people who can't swallow after a certain disease or mm -hmm. after a certain procedure. Um, there's physical therapies who help them walk after surgeries, um, get them back into the shape. Pretty much the goal is to get them back into the environment mm -hmm. so they can live their life how they used to as much as they possibly can. Gotcha. So that's so that's actually an interesting story because I usually in the medical field, for some reason, that's kind of how it, I've noticed it runs is either your family member was in the medical field or growing up, you like you said, you spent a lot of time in the hospital and this kind of, you're saying it, it was something, I don't want to say dear to you, but you were used to it, something, and it's something you fell in love with and you saw that you can change people's lives. What would you say to somebody that's saying, so I don't know if I love nursing, um, but I know nurses get paid a lot of money. I want to be a nurse. Are they going to love their job? I mean, do, have you met any nurses that way? What do they say? How, yeah, especially going through nursing school. You know, nursing school was challenging on its own. Mm -hmm. And what makes it even harder is that what kind of professor you get to teach you, right? Mm -hmm. So some of the professors, they want you to succeed. And they truly, truly invest all of their time in you. They, mm -hmm. You know, they want you to do better. They want you to learn. They want mm -hmm. you to practice. And they want you to be a good nurse when you graduate. Mm -hmm. Some professors, they're not, you can tell their heart is not really into it. Mm -hmm. And in that return, a lot of students suffer. 
because a lot of students either drop out or because they realize that nursing is not what they thought it was going to be. And that pretty much just damages the nursing students. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For the people who are actually thinking it's for the benefits or for the financial point of view or anything like that, I'd say just run away as far <laughs> as possible. I mean, uh, you tr- heard it from a nurse. I'm not going to tell you guys anything else. If you're not in there because yeah. you actually want to help people, it's a wrong path for you. Just because the thing is, nursing, you got to be very adaptable. That's A. Mm-hmm. You know, you come into a shift, you know, you get a five, you set of five patients. Mm-hmm. You don't know what kind of patients you get. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the way you talk to your patients. You mm-hmm. know, you're not going to talk to an 89 year old confused lady mm-hmm. the way you talk to 20 year old gal mm-hmm. who's coming off meth yeah you know its approach is very very different but yet you have to provide that compassionate care you still got to provide the humble presence you still got to make love them, them genuinely safe. you still yeah. got to make them feel safe because you got to realize when patients come into the hospital first and foremost they feel vulnerable mm-hmm. a lot of them they've never been to the hospital they don't know what it's like they don't know what to expect they're scared mm-hmm. so what are you gonna do to help the situation if you're there for anything else except to do something better for the patient and their mm-hmm. care, they're going to feel it. The patient's going to feel it, you know, because you're in the room 20 times in and out, in and out. Mm-hmm. The patient is actually in the bed for those eight, 10 plus hours. Mm-hmm. So all they do is just lay, maybe stare at the TV, stare at the wall. So when you walk in, they can sense it. They can sense what you're saying. They can sense your body language right how you're going to talk to them they can sense if you're having a good day they can sense if you know if you bring in your baggage from home you know if you had a bad day at home you come in and your kids spilt a bunch of beans on you and you're pissed (laughs) it's gonna show and (laughs) and the thing is the the worst part about that is your patients are the ones who get to suffer so if you're true yeah if you're anything then patient care maybe mm-hmm. taking care of these patients who are actually need help mm-hmm. this is not something for you there's a lot of different careers if you're looking for money if you're looking for benefits choose something else just if you're looking for money run away there's a bunch of uh realty and uh quick schemes quick get rich quick schemes maybe those flip houses whatever, <laughs> whatever you got to do all those commercials go make money somewhere else yeah. right that's true man I, I have to agree with you because um i've spent some time in the hospital and you can definitely tell when a nurse comes in and she wants to or he wants to be there and they the nurse loves taking care of people you know you can feel it when when the nurse comes in the way the way the nurse talks to you, the when the nurse leaves, you know, asks you, hey, can, next time I come back, can I bring you anything? Do you need anything, you know? And I, I agree with you 100%. So if you guys are going into nursing for the money, do not go to nursing. I don't want you to help me in the hospital. I'm just going to put it out there. Because it's, it's uh, you have to love it. You have to love working with people. And that makes all the difference. Sometimes, Sometimes, you know, I mean, and I, sh- and I know you know this, sometimes a disease is something more mental. And just when, just if you give people some attention, some love, some care, you know, that makes their pain go from nine out of 10 to two out of 10, maybe, you know? And so that definitely is a he- part of the healing process, the love and the compassion from a nurse. Um, moving to the how can I? So another question we had before, and then we'll go into your schooling, kind of your experience, all that stuff. Just straight to the question, 
we had a question. They asked, what is the hardest part of nursing school? So someone's looking into getting nursing school and they're trying to prepare themselves mentally probably. What is the what was the hardest part for you in nursing school? Getting in. Getting into nursing getting in. school. There's wow. a lot of people um, interested in this career. Mm-hmm. So starting out, um, I applied as soon as I finished my prerequisites, right? Mm-hmm. So pretty much the start is that you go to college. I started with community college. Mm-hmm. You can go straight to Sac State. You can go to any state university right away. I started with community college. Mm-hmm. For one is that the classes are cheaper, much cheaper. It's easier to get in. Mm-hmm. So once you do your prerequisites, your anatomy, physiology, psychology, nutrition, chemistry, all of those fun mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. Once you uh, finish your prerequisites, you apply to a nursing school. And mm-hmm. that is the most challenging part. There's a couple of schools in Sacramento County. Mm-hmm. There's American River College. There's Sierra College. There's Sacramento City College. And there's Sac State. Mm-hmm. I think that's within Sacramento County. So I applied to every single one of them. Mm-hmm. And I didn't get in for a couple of times. And some schools, they only accept once a year. So that's a challenge. Wow. So if you don't get in once, you just don't get in at all for the yeah. whole year. So you have to wait till. So what do you do? The hardest. See, the thing is, at that moment when I was still applying, mm-hmm. it was all lottery system. So if you're a 4.0 student, if you speak a different language, if you have prior military experience, if you have any other degrees, you're still in that whole lottery system. I think they're switch. I can't be sure, but I think they're switching it a little bit to merit based. Mm-hmm. So I think if you have any of those qualifications, you get extra points. You have more chances of getting in. That's awesome. That makes yeah, sense. And I think if you're applying second or third time, they kind of throw your hat, throw your name to the hat like more than once, once mm-hmm. or twice. I mean, can you imagine a guy maybe serving in the military, crazy trauma experience, and he and he and somebody and else that has in. no experience gets a job over him? Yep. That's crazy. Yep. So whoever's a B student gets yeah. in before the A student and yeah. the one who has experience. So I couldn't get in for a couple of times. Mm-hmm. And so I applied to uh, Delta College. It's mm-hmm. in Stockton. So it's quite a ways away. Um, mm-hmm. So I think for from Sacramento, it took me about two hours each way. Um, every single time we drove. Mm-hmm. So that was a big time constraint because a lot of clinicals that you do, there are like 10-hour shifts, 12-hour shifts plus two hours each way. So you're looking at 16-hour days. Man. So you come home, like you leave at 4 o'clock in the morning, you come yeah. back, it's already 8 p.m., but then the next 4 o'clock, yeah. you got to go in again. How long did that go on for? So that's two years. So the program itself is two years. So yeah. I applied everywhere that I thought I could get in. I even applied to, there's a private school in Napa. Mm-hmm. I think it's a seven-day Adventist school, if I'm mm-hmm. not mistaken. So I even applied over there. I could not get in. So wow. I applied to Delta College, and luckily... Uh, I was on a wait list. So for anyone who actually is on a wait list, do not get discouraged. Mm-hmm. You can still get in. I think I was number nine and yeah. they still call me. Uh, I wow. think the school already started. They're like, hey, are you still interested? I'm like, yes, yes, yeah. yes, I am. <laughs> I've been waiting for By so all long. means, I've been waiting for so long. Yeah. And I encourage everybody to apply elsewhere as well because Sacramento is so impacted. I think when I was looking at statistics, I think out of 1,500 students that applied that one year, they only took in 45. So you have wow. 1,500 people apply for 45 positions. Yeah. So you can kind of calculate your chances. Yeah. In Delta College in Stockton, when I applied, they had 70 openings and they had only 500 applicants. So oh, your wow. chances of getting in are... Much greater. Double. Triple. triple. Yeah, yeah, more than tripled. Yeah. So I got into Delta College. Um, 
just don't be i just say don't be picky you get in where you can and then later on once uh once you finish your um nursing school mm-hmm. you get you take your boards exam it's called NCLEX mm-hmm. it's a state licensing exam mm-hmm. once you do that and that itself is a ch- very challenging test um i don't know if you're familiar with it or all I, i'm not so it's a it's a it's a smart test it's a computerized test so it kind of goes on based on how you're answering the question so it starts off with a fairly easy question mm-hmm. so let's, let's say you get it right which you don't know if you do or you don't mm-hmm. so you, let's say you get it right it gives you a little bit more challenging question as soon as you get that one right it gives you an even more challenging question if you get that one wrong it bumps you down to easier question so it kind of goes mm-hmm. on a scale okay. so some people it just depends on how well you do as soon as you hit that mark whatever the mark is the computer will shut off and hopefully you know hopefully you pass for some people it can close on for me i think it closed down on 79th question some people i know they had to go through all all like 300 something questions and it's torturous it's like a couple hours long and Man. it's super super long so and they still i'm pass. guessing you're a pretty smart guy if you went only 79 no i mean <laughs> It's, I just hit that mark, whatever the mark needs to be. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's very stressful. Um, it's a, the test itself is, it's, 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 yeah, it's, yeah. How, how, how long, okay, so how long did you study for the test? A lot of people, they wait after, as soon as they finish the program, they wait, mm-hmm. uh, to maybe study up, maybe take a couple courses. Um, I took two prep classes mm-hmm. after graduating. One was called ATI and that one was, um, that one's provided by the school. Mm-hmm. And the second one I did, Kaplan. And that one was like $400. It's a prep class, which I didn't really find it that useful. I really like the ATI one. So, I, yeah. For anybody okay. prepping for the NCLEX, yeah, well, I'm looking to ATI. That's it's a really useful really, information really, really, right yeah. there. So, how, what, how can high school, how can whoever's looking for, to become a nurse, how can they prepare themselves in high school? Can they prepare themselves in high school um, or or just g- getting out of school? What's the best type of volu- volunteering to do and stuff like that? So the way I started is I started to volunteer at UC Davis. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of hospitals where you can do volunteering. Mm-hmm. Um, Sutter, Sutter Roseville does. They do have a volunteering program where we have a lot of volunteers. Mm-hmm. It's pretty much I always, always encourage the high schoolers to go into that route because they can they can kind of feel to see if this is something for them or not. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, if they feel like it's it's very stressful, it's a very high pace environment. This is just not not for them. Mm-hmm. Um, they can kind of get a sense for it. But I just say don't make your judgment too early. I say really give it a try. Um, for instance, when I was in nursing school. It just really depends on who your professor is. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you feel very encouraged, like, okay, this is going to be my career. I'm going to do so well. Yeah, Some yeah. professors just make your experience not really that great. <laughs> so yeah. then you start to second question yourself. Okay. So all the nursing students actually go through our hospitals. I think we're contracted with two or three different schools. I always say, you know what? No matter how hard your school is, mm-hmm. just get through the school. You might not really like the school, but the real life experience, real life world stuff, the hands on part, so much more interesting. Do you get to do when you're in school? Do you get to do the hands on stuff? Do. Okay, yeah. okay. 
you do uh, with the supervision of a nurse okay. or a clinical instructor. So okay. pretty much. That probably but helps to motivate, you know, some, some students. Absolutely. Yeah. You still get to assess your patients. Mm -hmm. You still get to chart into the system. You still get to give medication. You still get to talk to people. You still got to, you, you pretty much do everything the nurse is doing, mm -hmm. but you're still in training. So you pretty much get to have somebody looking over for you, make sure you don't make a mistake. How early into nursing school are you able to, to do this? Is that first like... semester right away? Really? I, I think the first semester we started off in the lab. So we were practicing on mannequins. Mm -hmm. So assessing wise, nowadays nursing school is just very sophisticated. Like they have these mannequins, they're kind of like a real person. Mm -hmm. They have a heartbeat that you can listen to their lungs, they can respond to you. Mm -hmm. It's just a real life scenario, which is really, really, really cool. That's awesome. So I think the first couple of weeks we started off with mannequins mm -hmm. and then we started being introduced to patients, like the first couple of months we didn't really get a chance to really work with the patients directly but mm -hmm. more of an indirect like prepping good doing paperwork and stuff like that okay maybe looking up through their chart maybe learning about different diseases to see why this patient has this and kind of anticipating if this patient has this what possibly can the doctor order for it so kind of start making your brain work a little bit okay uh by the end of the first semester then you're introduced to the patient care that you get to really work with patients and the more you're into school by second, third semester, mm -hmm. uh, the more things you're allowed to do. I think by fourth semester, we were putting in IVs. We were putting down tubes okay. um, through the, you know different ways. And yeah, it was pretty much, okay. you're really, really that, independent. That, that's awesome. So did you have ROP in your high school? I did. What uh, high school did you go to? Mariloma. Mariloma. I went to Mariloma, but I did not do ROP. So I when I was going, to, when I thought I was going to be a firefighter mm -hmm. and that's the first path I wanted to go to, I started taking EMT class. Okay. So the RP is such a diverse thing. You can go into medical assistant. You can try it out. There's EMT. I think there's like a whole bunch of other ones. Well, I've always been interested in mel Medicare, mm -hmm. medical care. Mm -hmm. So I've never really looked into other ones, but okay. I say start out with an RP, start off volunteering. So if, you, if you're high, I'm going to interrupt. If your high school doesn't have an RP, and you're a high school student is there are there opportunities like that that you can sign up for yourself do you know of any have you heard of any i don't know okay i'm not really sure but you can always go volunteering on your own okay right you don't need you don't need a referral from your school mm -hmm. um like i did i ref i think i volunteered for just a few months mm -hmm. And um, it was in UC Davis. My main goal of volunteering because I thought I was going to get in with UC Davis. Okay. So that was kind of like I thought I was going to get in, kind of maybe get introduced a little bit, mm -hmm. get a feel for the floor, maybe get to know some people, some managers, mm -hmm. and kind of kind of pick their brains to see how the hiring process works, to kind of mm -hmm. look ahead. If I do go through nursing school, once I finish nursing school, what are my perspectives of getting a job? Because mm -hmm. that is the ultimate goal as well. Okay. Um. Any... Any other suggestions maybe that you had that you've ex things that you would have maybe changed or done differently um, in schooling or getting prepped for schooling uh, for the nursing school, like applying suggestions for any of the students? I mean, I know there's a bunch of people out there looking for, you know, to talk to maybe a nurse or somebody. They want to ask them questions. Do you, do you does anything come to mind uh, with schooling? I would probably say always aim for bachelors. OK, uh, five years ago when I applied, it was. It was not a strict requirement just yet at that point. Mm -hmm. um, but when I applied, when I was on this interview panel, one of my directors, she pretty much said, you are hired, but with the condition that you will get your bachelor's within the next certain eight 
certain X years. So I said, I say most of the nurses coming in, they do have a bachelor's degree. Mm-hmm. You can still get hired, I think, within Sutter System as a ADN, which mm-hmm. is um, associate's degree nurse mm-hmm. with the mm-hmm. nursing license. But I always say, make sure you pursue bachelor's because that is starting to be the minimum requirement. If I'm not mistaken, I think UC Davis won't even look at you if you don't have a bachelor's degree. Wow. And if, I can't be sure about Kaiser, but That's discrimination. <laughs> um, no, I mean, see, the thing is, like, they value higher level of education. Yeah, and it makes that sense. should be the minimum standard. Yeah, it, it makes sense. You so I be always the, say, you want to yeah. have the best. Yeah, and see, the thing is, like, if you don't get into Sac State or any state university right away after you take your prerequisites or something like that, you can always go the way I did. You know, I went to associate school, mm-hmm. I got my ADN, then I went to Sac State. There's a bridge program, what they call it. Mm-hmm. It's like it's a full-time school. I think it's like 18 units a semester. Mm-hmm. Or you can do it over a year and a half, and it's like a 12 unit. So it just depends how fast you want to finish it. Mm-hmm. But with possibly within a year, you can go from your ADN license to straight to bachelor's. So when, when, once you have a job, how do you have the time to go back to school and get your bachelor's degree? You work night shift. And as soon as you clock out, you go to Sac State and you do your 18 units. Oh, my goodness. That's crazy. (laughs) You can space it out. But the thing is, obviously, you know, the longer you space out, the more. The longer it's going to take. And the more money you're going to spend because each semester you have to spend, you know, it's a certain amount of money. Yeah, That makes sense, I guess. I mean, if you're. You just got to be motivated, man. You just got to be motivated to do it. Whatever you want to do, set your mind to it and uh, know, know the end goal. And I hope um, to anybody listening, Oleg, I hope this hasn't been discouraging. I think they knew if somebody wanted to become a nurse, I think they knew that this is going to be a tough a tough road ahead of them. And they're going to have to fight for every test, for every class that they want to get in. Because like you said, 45 open positions, 1,500 people applying is are some crazy numbers. Um, you mentioned about hiring. Yeah. Yeah. So... I, I don't know if a lot of people know, but especially within the Sutter system, there's a program called RN Strong, mm-hmm. and they can just Google that, go to SutterHealth.org, and mm-hmm. they can view that. It's it's a phenomenal, phenomenal kind of, as soon as you graduate, mm-hmm. it's a, you get in under their, it's, I think it's a year of, um, I don't have to explain it even. So you get hired on to a different unit, let's say message mm-hmm, for mm-hmm. or telemetry or ICU, whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, if you get in through their program, it's also an extra hands-on. They give you extra class time as well. Mm-hmm. So they go over the things they went over in nursing school. So they go over blood transfusion, maybe a dr- different drips, like a heparin drip, PCAs, different, mm-hmm. different kind of feedings that maybe you have to do through a tube and stuff like that. So it's more of a hands-on, which is so awesome, especially for a new grad nurse. Mm-hmm. Because it's one thing you learn it in school, mm-hmm. but once you graduate, once you actually hit the real-life world stuff, it's it's a lot of things are different. Um, it helps out. It, it helps out so much because, and so you still, you know, you still work. You still got your benefits. You still got your position. You got your full-time or part-time, whatever you got hired mm-hmm. on. And you have the extra resource. So you can actually go to these classes you have these preceptorship. They can answer any questions that you might have. So it's it's so awesome for any new grad nurse, That's, especially as a new is. grad. It is so stressful the first couple of months mm-hmm. before you kind of get kind of in the flow. Maybe you know by the time you get comfortable with the job, 
Okay. So, so I definitely, definitely say look it into it for anybody that, who's interested. That's awesome. I have another question. I know you work night shift, so maybe you don't um, you don't deal with patients' family members as much. But what can family members do better to help you out? And I, I know you you've probably experienced agitated family members. Uh, family members that are giving you a hard time what what can we do better to help a nurse out and then what can we what are we doing right maybe by asking the correct questions and stuff like that i say one of the first things i would say to a family member is just trust the system <laughs> no truly though because okay. we have phenomenal group of doctors okay Our doctors are incredible okay. the nurses we know what we're doing okay and you know we've been doing this for quite a long time see the thing is we also have to understand that a family member is might not know so much about the disease process or what's going on with the family member yeah or we just had a patient recently that was almost on the end of their life and mm -hmm. the family member just didn't really know how to cope with it so they they were lashing out you know they're making um they just didn't know how to cope with it. You know, they were angry. They were anxious. They just didn't know what to say. They, ex Things they expected something just to come down and take all the issues yeah. away. And So I say for a family member, what we do is we like to just take a couple of minutes. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be a 20-minute talk. We just like to, I like to just pull up a chair next to a bed, just sit down and just kind of talk about it. This is what's going on. Mm -hmm. This is what's happening with your loved one, mom, dad, brother, sister, whatever. This is what the doctor ordered. This is the plan. This is why we're doing it. Mm -hmm. Explain the why, which is very important. And just kind of sit and talk to them. Ask them what their fears are. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, a lot of times, what we find helpful is just to ask and just kind of listen back to what they got to say. Because a lot of times, their complaint is not really a complaint. They just need to talk it out. They so just don't know the they answers. They just don't know. Yeah. So if you kind of break it down to see what it is, what is this disease, what it does to your body, why your loved one is feeling the way it's feeling like, but what we're doing about it. So what's going to be the next step? And, you know, the beauty of kind of department that I work with is mm -hmm. that we see when the patients just come in, as soon as they get admitted, they're hurting, they're uncomfortable. They just got their diagnosis of whatever it is. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And we get to follow them for all their length of stay. You know, for the next day when we're on, you know, we can see like, okay, so you have an issue with your stomach. Okay, you had a tube and you have a bowel obstruction. Your stomach is not moving. This mm -hmm. is why, because things are not going through. This is what we're doing. So there's a tube that's suctioning all the guck and all the stomach material out. Gotcha. So, but the next time, you know, we're reassessing, we're like, oh, okay, so yesterday you had this, but now we're listening to your stomach. Your stomach's starting to wake up. So this is the plan. So now we're going to pull the tube. Now we're maybe going to start to introduce you like maybe a little bit sips of water to see if your stomach's going to tolerate. So I just say, just educate. A lot of things is we educate the family members. Family members educate us because there's a lot of things, maybe the patient's history that we don't know that it's really useful for us to properly care for. Okay, so sometimes family members are agitated because something's taking too long or say say you're my nurse and you told me this is going to happen 20 in 20 minutes and now we've been waiting for an hour. What are some of the holdups in the system that patients maybe don't realize? 
the, so, that there are. So it depends what hospital you work with. Um, we work for a level two trauma hospital. Mm-hmm. So we, it just depends a lot of times, unfortunately, unfortunately, a lot of times if there's a surgery it needs to be scheduled and it has been scheduled because of a trauma that comes in or let's say the helicopter brings something really, really, really urgent. And I believe actually Sutter Roseville is the only trauma hospital in the whole Placer County. So anything that's really, really bad and broken, we're the ones who get it. So a lot of times a surgeon who's supposed to do that procedure on your foot Mm -hmm. might unfortunately bump your surgery, you know, or reschedule your surgery to later on the evening, maybe reschedule it for the next day. um, Because right now this is the priority and this patient is potentially might die if we don't attend to them first. Which makes sense. Yeah. Um. I think most of the family members, they will understand if you actually tell them what's going on, not mm-hmm. just say, okay, I'm sorry, you're rescheduled. You know? Are you, are, is a nurse allowed to tell the family like what's actually going on to kind of, to, to, you know, to calm them down? In a general terms, yes. Okay. Yeah. No, we, nothing specific. We, yeah. We don't go into details, yeah. but we just, you know, we talk about it. You know, we talk to the doctor first and mm-hmm. the doctor will tell us he's not able to do it because of this, this, this reason. So this is something that we would, a lot of times we would pass on to the family members, but also a lot of times our doctors would communicate to the family as okay. well. And a lot of times when a doctor talks to the family directly and that, that brings okay more peace to them. Yeah. Awesome. They awesome. would understand more. Yeah. Awesome. Honestly, just like with the last nurse, Oleg, I, I want to say um, thank you for being a nurse. It sounds like you love your job. Um, you love taking care of people and um, as a patient, uh, maybe in the future, hopefully never. Um, but it's nice to know that uh, there's nurses out there, you know, that actually care care for their patients. They want them to do well. Um, it, it's just nice to know that there's somebody out there doing their job because they love it. You know, not not for the money like we talked, but you know that you're going to get taken care of. Um, so thank you. Thank you for doing that. Thank you for coming on. Thanks for um, having me. Dude, um, it's a pleasure. Maybe one day you'll become a nursing manager or, I don't know, move up in the world. We'll we'll get another interview out of you and you can share some some more insights, maybe how to how to grow as, as a nurse in the hospital administration side because I know there's a lot of things that we don't know about the administration side in the hospital. Um. Anyways, if you guys love this, like this, please like it, share it, um, subscribe to our channels. Uh, We will be posting more content. If you guys have questions specifically for Oleg, comment them down below. If you have general questions for our channel, please let us know as well. And have a good one, man. Thank you. Thank you.